0: Hi everyone, you are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. I'm looking forward to sharing this week's topic because it is all about being an empath. This has been a very requested topic for my podcast for quite some time since I've opened up about being an empath on my social media platforms. A lot of people really related to that, and I thought that was very interesting because as we go throughout uh, the main part of this podcast, I talk about often feeling alone and so different as someone who is a highly sensitive person, but I've really been wanting to do this episode for quite some time, and I thought now would be a good time to do it as we go through a global pandemic, and how that can make someone who is an empath feel. And I also give five tips of how I am working through this time and still being able to function and stay positive when it's really easy to feel the emotions and the sadness and the fear from around the world. So I hope that you find this episode interesting or insightful or you learn something or you can connect if you are a fellow empath. So I hope that you enjoy it. I also do have two segments to wrap up the podcast with. I have a new word of the week and also a new book of the week recommendation. So stay tuned till the end to hear those. Let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. All right. Hello, everyone. I have wanted to do an episode on being an empath for quite some time. Uh, I've had a lot of different thoughts on starting a conversation like this, some different guests that I wanted to bring on. But I thought with our current climate and a global pandemic hitting the world, I thought now might be an interesting time to share a little bit more about my experience being an empath, uh, the different obstacles and just situations that I've faced being a highly sensitive person, but also how an empath can feel during a global crisis and the different ways that I am trying to help myself during this time. So uh, to kick it off, I wanted to talk about what is an empath or like you just heard me say, a, a highly sensitive person. I was doing some different research on this to try to find Uh, different ways that professionals might describe this. I found a really interesting article that I'm gonna reference quite a bit from healthline.com and I will link it in my show notes. Uh, They have quite a few people that they interview and that give their feedback on this. And overall, I thought it was a really interesting article and I really related to a a lot of what was being said. So I will have that one linked to my show notes if you want to see more information and read the entire article. But getting back to what is an empath or a highly sensitive person, it's kind of basically in the name itself so empath comes from the word empathy which is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another but empaths take it a step above empathy and not only can we understand and share the feelings but we can really absorb the feelings of others and we can really start to take on their emotions and their feelings Uh, and like I said uh, empaths are also called highly sensitive. Sensitive people, which just means that we are sensitive, but to another level. And because we can absorb and feel other people's emotions around us, uh, it just heightens that level of sensitivity to To another level. I'm someone who didn't really understand why I would feel certain things or being in certain situations would cause me all of these feelings, cause me to be really overwhelmed. And if anyone here has watched the show Charmed, <laughs> I was a big fan of Charmed back in my day. And they actually have an episode where one of the sisters gets the ability to be an empath. And she can feel the emotions of other people. She can feel their pain. And I can remember watching this episode and thinking, wow, I feel that way a lot. And maybe not to the level that I was showing in Charmed because like when someone gets pinched, I I don't feel that. (laughs) But when someone is going through something difficult, uh, emotional, uh, but even something like extreme happiness I tend to like soak up those feelings and I can feel that too and I I always thought it made me so weird and so different it was something that I didn't really want to talk about because I thought this this is weird this is this is different no one should be able to feel to really take on the emotion of another person this can't be right why why am I like this And so I didn't talk about it a lot, but I can remember that charmed episode being one of the first times thinking, well, I can really relate to that. And then over the years, as the internet really came into play, social media came into play and more people took to the internet to try to share their stories, that's when I started to realize I wasn't so different. I wasn't so abnormal. Like I would let myself think in my head and that there are other people out there like me. And that has been, I mean, to say that it has filled me with relief is an understatement because it's something that I always thought was wrong with me. And to know that other people deal with this too and can understand me and can accept me has been a really big thing. Some of my great friends that I have met through the internet that I talk to on almost a a daily basis are also empaths. And we have this ability to connect with each other and to check in with each other because in a weird way, we know when things are wrong. We know when we need to check in on each other. And I'm so grateful that I was able to make these connections because of the internet and because of the technology that we have, because I feel so much more accepted. I've been made fun of and picked on a lot throughout the years because I'm so sensitive. I've had people talk about my sensitivity uh, that, you know, it's it's a bad thing. It's something that makes me weak. And that's always made me really sad because now that I know more about it and I can talk to other people, I can read articles and I can hear others and their stories, it doesn't make me feel weak. It's who I am. It's a part of who I always have been and more than likely who I always will be. And I think that I can look at empathy um, in a special way now and to not feel down on myself, not to feel weird, not to feel abnormal, because even though it comes with its own set of challenges, it can be a pretty special thing also. And to me, it makes me a little bit unique. And that's what I try to hold on to when I get down on myself because, I mean, there's been so many times where I've thought, I wish I wasn't this way. I wish I didn't feel all of these feelings all of the time. I wish that I could be in a large setting of people and not get overwhelmed so easily because I can pick up on every single person's emotions. It's exhausting sometimes. It's hard. There's a lot of times I can't be in big group settings for a long period of time because I get so overwhelmed. I just want to sit in the corner by myself because I can't take on all of those emotions. And to try to explain this to people throughout my life of why I feel certain ways has been hard because, again, I go back to being picked on and being made fun of because it's something that's different. It's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. So what happens when something is different? It's weird. You get made fun of for it. I mean, that's going back to elementary school. That's how it's been. But it's another reason why I really wanted to do an episode on being an empath, on being a highly sensitive person, because I want others who are this way to not have to feel embarrassed by it, to not have to feel brought down by it, and to have more communication. It's the same reason I'm open about mental health. It's the same reason I'm open about sexual abuse from the past. Because when we make things open and we talk about them, it lessens the power of being told that we're uh, abnormal or weird or different because it's not as well known in society. So let's talk about those things. Let's make them known. Because it can make us stronger stronger as a community. So I'm, I'm really excited to be doing this episode. I hope that you enjoy it, whether you are an empath or maybe you have a friend or a family member and I say something and you're like, wait a second, I know someone who sounds like that. Maybe it can help you understand them a little bit more. And uh, I, I think that would be great if I could bring some awareness. But some other terms that I found while looking up what exactly is an empath uh, one term that I found that was really, that really stuck out to me was emotional sponges because that is how I feel. <laughs> Again, we can, we can take on the emotions and the feelings of others. I can feel that myself, not just that I can understand it, not just saying, uh, you know, you're going through a hard time because you had a friend or a family member or a pet Pass away, and I can understand that you must be very, very sad. I can feel that. I can feel your emotions. Something else that I found says that empaths lack filters that most have to protect themselves from excessive stimulation. I thought that was interesting as well because sometimes I have the term that we lack filters. I have also felt that so deeply that when someone else talks to me and I can take on these feelings and I can I, I can take on the emotions, I think, why? why? Why is this happening to me? Why can I feel all of this? Because I don't want to. You know, there's a lot of times that that's what I've thought. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want – there's even times where I have felt empathy towards people I don't necessarily like. <laughs> In my personal life, and I've thought, why, why do I, why am I not only feeling empathetic, but I can, I can feel the emotions of this other person? I don't want this to be happening, but it's just the way I am. I have to embrace it and I have to accept it. But lacking filters, I thought was a great way to put that. Uh, empathy means the ability to understand experiences and feelings from others outside of your own perspective. So kind of what I said that even though we can understand and we can relate to something good, bad, sad, painful happening in someone's life, it goes to a next level where we can actually feel, take on, absorb those emotions and those feelings. So those are a few different terms and explanations that I found for empaths and highly sensitive people. And a lot of them, I'm sitting here nodding my head along as I was doing my research. Yep. Yep, know what that means. Been there, done that. (laughs) One thing that I thought was interesting too that I found is that often empaths have strong intuition and I so highly agree with this. My intuition has always been on another level. Uh, There's been times where I have talked to my husband now or family members and I've said, it is so weird. I can meet someone for the first time not knowing anything about this person, but I can meet someone and just immediately get a sense of who they are. And it makes no sense. And I don't understand how this can be, but a lot of times I am also spot on. So it's very strange when it comes to meeting new people, because if I have a strong sense of intuition that I maybe don't think that they're a good person or something along those lines. I really don't even want to try, which sounds so bad. But I'm like, I, I know, I, I, I know, I can, I can feel, I can sense something here, and I, I don't want to like play a game of trying to get close with someone or be friends with someone if I have an idea of who they are and that we just, we, we will not fit. We will not click with each other. It's interesting. And there's been a lot of other cases where I've had a strong sense of intuition about something and it has been right uh, without going too deep and like going off on a whole other path. I mean, that can be a whole podcast episode, but there's just been so many times in life that I'm, I'm such a firm believer of listening to my intuition, of following my my gut instinct on things because it very rarely, very rarely has steered me wrong. There's been times where I thought something and I had an instinct or my intuition was high and I didn't follow it. And I've honestly lived with deep regret about some of those things. But it just reminds me that I – I think it's pretty special that I have such a high sense of intuition and I can use that essentially to my advantage. But I thought that was such an interesting thing learning that most empaths do have a very high sense of intuition because that has been with me for as long as I can remember. Another thing that I read was that empaths can't not care, (laughs) is what the article said. I don't have the ability. To not care about something, whether it's someone in life that I like or don't like, or I'm close with and not close with, if I hear something about someone, I can't not care about their situation. I can't not care about them. And let me tell you honestly, I don't mean to say, say this in like a selfish way, but sometimes I wish I just couldn't. Like, I just wish that I didn't care so much about everybody, because it can be exhausting. It can be so hard to care so deeply about sometimes people I don't even know. I'll have someone tell me a story about someone that they know that knows someone, and then I can't stop thinking about that person that I've never met, that I probably never will meet. I can't stop thinking about them. I want to follow up on their stories. I want to know what happened. I can't not care about other people. I read that empaths often get talked to uh, about other people's problems. So a lot of times we can kind of like become a therapist. It's usually because empaths are, you know, we, we care about what other people tell us. So and especially when we f- can feel other people's feelings, we want to fix things. I'm someone who I want to help people through their problems and I want to help fix something because essentially it's fixing me too because I'm not just understanding a friend going through a hard time, I can feel it. So I want to fix it. I want I want to be able to make it better because I want to feel better too. So a lot of times that level of empathy and that level of sympathy, another form of empathy, can that, that's what can make us such great listeners and that's what can make us uh, be kind of that person that people will turn to to talk about their problems. Another thing that I thought was very interesting is that empaths are prone to being manipulated or in toxic relationships or friendships. This one really hit home for me. This one really hit home for me. Uh, I didn't realize that until I've been doing some research on empathy but I have had multiple toxic friendships and even relationships throughout my 33 years. I have had some of my best friends treat me in the worst ways. And there's been so many times in life that I thought I'm just I'm just a magnet to this. There must be something about me. There must be something about my personality that attracts me to these people or these situations that end badly for me. So to read that this is a common trait among empaths made me feel not so alone in this, made me me feel not so embarrassed. Because sometimes when I talk about being in toxic relationships or friendships in the past, I feel deeply embarrassed by it. Because I'm embarrassed to say the way that I was treated by other people that I cared about so deeply, that I loved, that were you know, my people in my life. And to say some of the stories of how I've been treated, I'm so deeply embarrassed and ashamed of myself. But this made me feel a slight bit of comfort, not that it's okay. And not that it's, you know, something that I can now accept, but at least I can understand what it is about me that because I care so much, because I care about other people so much, and I want others to be happy, because it means I'll be happy, that it means that I can get taken advantage of a lot. It means that, uh, especially because another thing that I was going to say is that we, we don't like confrontation because we can feel the emotions from both sides. Confrontation is incredibly, incredibly hard for empaths to deal with. So because of that, I think people in my life have realized like, oh, you know, Samantha's not going to fight back. She's not going to stand up for herself. She's not going to say anything. So why not just roll over me? I have described myself as being a, a, a doormat for years when it comes to relationships and friendships because a lot of times I don't stand up for myself because confrontation scares me because I can't handle feeling all of those emotions, it just, the thought of it just makes me want to sit down and cry. So to read that was just so interesting to me. And it's made me want to be more aware of the people that I do bring into my life and decide to keep into my life, knowing that this is a, this is an area that I struggle in makes me want to be more aware of who I accept into my inner circle. I also read that empaths often need time to recharge, but this doesn't always mean that we're an introvert. This I thought was really interesting. I have described myself as an introvert for years, for years. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. And it's so funny because a while back I had, I, I, I met with a friend, someone who I've met online. We met in person. And hung out together for a weekend and I remember at one point saying that I was an introvert And she looked at me and she goes Sam you are not an introvert And I was like, no, I am I am like, you know I'm I'm shy and I like to be alone and after i've been with people for a long time Like I just have to go back to my my room and just be by myself. I'm an introvert And she just kept looking at me. She goes you are not an introvert And i'm like what I what are you sure? I, this is how I've described myself pretty much my whole life. Like I, I think that I am, but at the same time, I, I like to be around people, especially in smaller settings. (laughs) If I'm with one, two, three people, I love it. And I love talking to people. Um, a lot of times I actually can dominate conversations. I'm not the best at walking up to someone and being like, hi, I'm Samantha. Nice to meet you. But once I know someone, I can talk your ear off for for hours at a time. And I do like meeting people. And I'm also a bit of a leader, which probably comes from the Aries in me. But I'm, I'm a leader for in, in a group setting. Um, sometimes I like to take charge and, and all of that, which is not usually how you describe an introvert. But what I've realized is that's actually the empath in me. Just because I need time to recharge and I need time to be on myself doesn't actually make me introverted. It's because I can't take on the feelings of so many people for such a prolonged period of time because that is extremely overwhelming. So especially if I'm in a group setting, I'm with a lot of people, I'm hearing a lot of stories, I'm just hearing a lot of noise and 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 talk, it, it, it can get very, very overwhelming for me. So a lot of times I do have to excuse myself and go and recharge and just be alone and come back to my thoughts. That's a quality of an empath. Not necessarily an introvert. You can be both, but I am definitely not as introverted as I always have thought that I was. It's because I take on the feelings of others and I can't do that for a long period of time without a break for myself, uh, I talked about and past do tend to avoid confrontation. This can cause high levels of distress because we feel it from both sides. Or if you're, you know, in a confrontation with multiple people and you can feel all of those feelings, that is incredibly intense. I know the times that I have had confrontations with others, it to me it feels like I'm drowning it's it's such a horrible feeling. I'm I literally I have my hands pressed to my chest right now because I can and I have tears coming in my eyes because I can think about the times where I had some of the worst confrontations with people and I can remember just feeling awful. Because I'm not just feeling my own feelings, I can feel theirs too. And if their feelings are you know, especially aimed in a negative way towards me. Now I'm feeling my feelings. I'm feeling their feelings and I'm feeling their negative feelings towards myself. So intensely overwhelming. And it's a hard thing because can I go through life without confrontation? No. Can I go through life without upsetting someone and they need to tell me why I made them upset so I don't do it again? No, that has to happen but it is also extremely extremely overwhelming and it's just something that I have to learn how to handle and how to handle the best that I can and uh I think it helps to if with your within your inner circle to have people understand if you are an empath that that is the way that you are I know that there's a book, I believe it's called The The Love Language. It's been on my list to read for a while, but even the different personality tests that you can take, a lot of people recommend taking those to finding out like what you are and your partner and you know your best friend, your mom, because it helps you communicate with each other better. Communication is key to everything. It's key to relationships. It's key to friendships. It's key to work relationships, everything. Communication is key, but we all communicate different. I think one of the biggest struggles with communication is a lot of people don't stop to think that others handle situations differently than them. Others communicate in different ways than what works for them. So being able to be open about what our personality uh, traits are and if we have something like being an empath or a highly sensitive person, that can make someone who, you know, I have friends who are the complete opposite of an empath. And we communicate very differently. And a lot of times that means that we can struggle with communication because while someone can be very blunt with me, to me it feels like a sword going into me. When I hear something just kind of like flat out, like that hurts me because I can never imagine saying that to someone. So the communication side can really, really struggle. Small comments can can stick with an empath for a long time. That has been something that I've struggled with since I can remember. I can truly recall times from middle school and high school where I have had someone say just like an offhand comment to me, and I can still remember it. I can still remember how I felt. I can still remember hearing the words. I can still remember where I was standing because they stick with me so deeply, even if that person probably doesn't remember that small offhand thing that they said, but it left a mark on me. The last one that I want to talk about is one that I I get emotional just looking at the words that I wrote down. And of course, that's another trait of an empath. I, I always say that I'm super sensitive and I cry really easily, but that happens because I can feel the emotion. So even if I'm telling a story about someone else or just a, a tough situation i will cry it's something that i i don't i don't want to say that i don't like it about myself but i think a lot of people perceive crying as weakness so uh and i i truly even though i am an empath and i'm highly sensitive i don't think that i'm a weak person so sometimes i wish i was like oh, i just wish that i could get through this without crying but when you feel <laughs> all of these emotions, it's kind of hard not to. (laughs) But the last one that I found while doing research on empaths was we often feel that we don't fit in. This has been a struggle my whole life. And I always kind of assumed I, I didn't fit in because I was different in my background, the way that I grew up, my family, uh, even just some of my, my best friends have parents who have been married their whole life, whereas mine were divorced before I turned one years old. So I, I always kind of shifted it to that. Even with being an abuse survivor, I thought, you know, maybe it's because I'm around people that have, haven't really been in situations like that or other things that I've gone through in childhood and teens and then early adulthood. But I think a big part of it too is being an empath and especially being so highly sensitive to others and taking on emotions. It can be really hard to have strong friendships as an empath. I think it can really come back to communication. But what's hard is that, you know, for years, I didn't really understand what this was. I didn't understand that I was an empath. I just thought I was weird and different (laughs) and weak. That's what I thought for years, so I couldn't really communicate to the others around me why I felt the certain ways, and now I'm in my 30s, and it's like, well, will I ever have these strong female friendships that that I write about in, in the sixth series that I'm currently writing? Will I have these strong female friendships that I see in TV shows and in movies because I don't feel like I fit in? A lot of times others don't understand why empaths can have an abrupt change in attitude. This is something that is very personal to me. When I read this, it truly felt like I was being hit with a brick because this is something that I've been told to from people in my life is they don't understand why when we're all out and we're having fun and we're with friends, all of a sudden I retreat within myself. I get very quiet. Uh, I don't get mean, I don't get aggressive, I don't get rude, I don't get, I just get quiet and a lot of times, especially in larger group settings, I have to leave early because I can't handle all of the emotions of people, especially if if others around me are sharing stories that feature a lot of negativity, talking about others, uh, or just talking about sad situations situations that were a struggle for them again I'm taking on all of those emotions and if I'm with 7 10 15 20 people it's kind of hard to describe but I can be at a I can be at like a house party say for example I'm at a house party and there's a bunch of friends there It's so overwhelming because all of a sudden I can just hear everyone I can hear everyone's voice I can hear everyone's story. I can hear everyone's complaints. I can hear everyone's feelings, but I can feel everyone's feelings, and then I can't get anything out of my head. It's such a struggle. It is so overwhelming that sometimes I have to leave, even though I don't want to, even though I want to be that normal girl that can stay out with her friends and just hang out together and have fun. I can't. I can't. I've had a number of people in life tell me that they don't like this trait about me They don't like this quality about me They don't like that. I can go from being like a fun girl at a party to being more quiet or having to Excuse myself and leave early And i'm sure it goes back to communication and and struggling to tell someone well, this is this is why and this is why I feel this way and I'm, I'm really grateful that I've been able to learn more about this personality trait and to learn more about me. So maybe if this happens again in the future, but I mean, who knows that when, when we'll be able to be together in a large group setting like this. I mean, I guess that can be a positive, but it's always been really hard for me to explain it and to explain how I feel So I feel like with doing this research and understanding that this is a common thing that empaths go through, it makes me feel not like such a terrible person because it's, that's always been perceived as something that's so negative about me. It's something that people can poke at and tell me that I'm a bad person because of this and that, but no, it doesn't. I'm not a bad person. I'm just so sensitive to the point where group settings can overwhelm me so quickly. So those are some of the traits and some of my experiences that I wanted to share with being an empath. Uh, and, you know, I definitely got emotional a few times here and there because it's just, it's, it's so interesting to do this research and then to look back on so many pivotal situations in my life and realized that um, being a highly sensitive person has really played into situations that have happened. And how I've handled situations or haven't handled situations. And it's it, it just was a really eye-opening experience. So if you are an empath, I hope that this helped. If you maybe know someone, you're married to someone, your best friend is one. I hope that this helps you understand them a little bit more. Hopefully it can help you communicate with each other a little bit more. Because I do think that's such an important thing. But I also I wanted to talk about being an empath during this time with coronavirus COVID-19 because in last week's episode, I talked about getting a routine back and why I think it's so important. I mentioned getting off of my routine and I think a reason I was struggling was because watching the news every day, hearing from friends and family members what was going on in their life. Obviously, when so many jobs were being lost and I was, I was hearing from friends and family once again, and, and not only just friends and family, but going on the internet, I'm, I'm a, a social media influencer. I'm on the internet all day. So even seeing other people's stories of what they were going through, I was starting to absorb all of that. All of those feelings, all of those energies, all of that sadness, all of that distraught feelings, I was starting to absorb all of them. And I thought for a while, because I do also struggle with mental health and depression, after COVID-19 really started to come into play and it was dominating the news, it was dominating Facebook and Twitter, I started to struggle to get out of bed and I really worried that I was going into a depression, which is very scary. And then I realized it's because I'm feeling what all of these people are feeling As one person, I'm starting to get overwhelmed with that to the point where it was hard for me to function. It was hard for me to get out of bed. It was hard for me to do my own work because even though my life didn't change a lot with this, I haven't lost my job. My income is impacted uh, because of of advertisers on YouTube, not advertising as much sponsorships, not being there. It's a little bit harder to get paid from brands that you've already done work for different things like that. So, uh, but I am, my routine was still pretty much the same. You know, I work from home. I don't have kids that I'm homeschooling. My husband is still working. And I'm thinking, why am I so out of sorts? And I think a huge part of that was because I was absorbing what so many others were feeling. And I had to figure out how to balance that so I could still be functioning, so I could still be working, so I could still be taking care of myself. So I have just five tips here that I'm going to wrap up the episode with. Um, If you are an empath or even if you're not a highly sensitive person, but you are still really feeling it right now and you you can be empathetic, To so many people and their certain situation that they're going through with COVID-19, these are a few tips that I wrote down that I've had to really focus on. But the first one for sure is self-care. You have to take time for you. I focus this myself on my morning routine, which again I've talked about in past podcast episodes, uh, with my workouts. I really take time to work out to do good for my body, but to not focus on anything else when I'm working out It's just me my mat if i'm watching a video then i'm watching a video, but i'm not online I'm, not looking at the news. I'm not reading my text messages. I'm not looking at YouTube. I mean it just it is just it is my time It is my time to take a break so self-care is going to look different for all of us but taking care of yourself and taking time every single day every single day don't skip a day every single day do something that is for you I think it's so important uh for me I and this is something that I read about empaths as well but a lot of times we like to be in nature and I really do agree with that Something that I look forward to during our warmer months here in Iowa is taking my dog for a walk uh, in the parks, on the trails, around the lake. We have a state park here. I do love being outside. Something about being in nature almost kind of calms me. And at the same time, it's kind of taking a bit for myself too. That's another thing is if you're able to, because I know not everyone is able to right now, but being outside I think is important. And that doesn't necessarily mean having to go to a park or a trail, but if you can go outside in your backyard, in your front yard, being outside, fresh air is something about it is very invigorating. I do think seeking help is important. I have been in therapy on and off since I was 10 years old. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> I've gone through a lot of situations in my in my childhood with abuse that definitely called for therapy. But over the years, being diagnosed with clinical depression, being on certain medications that required follow up with with therapists. Uh, but even now, with understanding myself so much more, with being an empath, I think therapy is a great tool to be able to talk with someone who isn't in your personal life or even in your professional life to being able to talk to someone who's essentially an outsider. But I I think that it's important. I, I think therapy has also had that kind of negative connotation over the years because for a while it was so hush-hush like, oh, did you know that she goes to therapy? But again, just like I said, talking about being an empath, talking about abuse, talking about mental health, talking about it makes it less weird makes it more accepted I believe so I don't think therapy is anything to be ashamed about and it's helped me immensely over the years also taking a break I think is important kind of going back to self-care but you have to take a break and I don't even mean physically I don't mean you know I try to give myself breaks throughout the day because otherwise sitting hunched over a computer for 12 hours a day is not great for me but even taking a break mentally. Get off the news. Get off the internet. There's times where I have to go put my phone in another spot because otherwise I feel this urge to go on and see what's happening and it's impossible not to hear a story about what's happening right now. I have to hide my phone from myself or turn my phone straight off so I can take a break. Another thing that I think is really important is to focus on what you can control. I did a Sam Squad Q&A in last week's episode, and I had someone ask how you focus on short-term goals when the long-term is so uncertain right now. And my advice was to focus on those short-term goals, to not think about the long-term because you can't control it. You can control your short-term goals. You can control what's right in front of you right now. Focus on what you can control and give it your all. Put your energy into that. So, those are just the five things that I wanted to wrap this up with. Some tips that I have, um, not only just for empaths, but of course, that's what this topic, this whole episode was kind of focused on. So, I hope that you found it helpful, and I hope that you found this episode helpful. Uh, it's something that I've wanted to do for a while. I'm sure I'll come back to it. I can do more episodes focused on this. Bring in other empaths if you think that you would find that helpful, but this was something really important for me to talk about at the same time. It's a little bit scary, but I I thought it was important. So I, I really do hope that you found it helpful or you took something away from this. I would love to hear your feedback, of course. You can always find me on social media or if you want to write a more private uh, note to me. I do have an email for this podcast, which is startinspiredpodcast at gmail.com and all my contact information is in the show notes as well. But I hope that you enjoyed this episode all about being an empath or a highly sensitive person. And let's go ahead and finish off the episode with my two segments. All right. Welcome to the segments for this week. So to wrap up the podcast, I'm going to do a new word of the week. And I also have a book of the week recommendation. So uh, when I do my word of the week, I like to read some of the feedback that I got from the last time I did word of the week, which I think was two weeks ago. And the word was compassion, So I definitely got a lot of messages of people having compassion for others right now going through coronavirus uh, and having compassion for those who have lost their jobs. I got a lot of messages in from uh, people saying that they had a... A lot of compassion for their neighbors that weren't doing as well as them. And it was really heartwarming to read some of the messages that came of what it is you're trying to do to help friends, family members, neighbors, those in your community, those in your online virtual communities, uh, trying to help them that are going through a harder time. So it was really it was really heartwarming to read a lot of the messages that came in. Uh, And I think compassion is just such an important thing. Kindness and compassion, I feel, go a long way. But especially during a time like this, uh, I think those two traits can really take us very far. So thank you to everyone who wrote in. And thank you to everyone for doing what you're doing. Obviously, it's such a struggle right now what we're going through, but a positive that I can see too is how others are trying to help each other. There's a very um, humanitarian aspect that I can see right now through going through this crisis, and that's what I personally try to choose to focus on. So uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in. But for this week, I thought the word of the week that would make a good one, is communication, since I talked about it so much in the the meat of this podcast. But like I said, communication makes everything go round, makes all of uh, friendships, relationships, like we have to have communication in order to succeed in personal and professional relationships. Um, a few definitions I usually read from Merriam-Webster, but The definition of communication is a process by which information is exchanged between individuals through a common system of symbols, signs, or behavior. It's also an exchange of information. So I would love to know what communication means to you, or if you want to share any times you've struggled with communication, that you felt like you've excelled at communication. To me, it's still really hard and definitely going through that episode talking about being an empath, talking about confrontation. Um, communication, and and even talking about empaths being manipulated or in toxic relationships. I mean, it has me look back on so many different things throughout life and understand why maybe I've communicated or not communicated the way that I did. Uh, But I thought that this would be an interesting one for this week to focus on. So definitely, if you have any feedback that you want to give on the word communication, I would love to hear it. And then lastly, I'm going to wrap it up with the book of the week. And I'll be honest, when I started reading this book, I didn't think it would be a favorite. And I haven't written my review yet for my blog. If you don't know, I'm also a book blogger. My blog is chickletplus.com And I do book reviews over there. So all the books, like 98% of the books that I review on my blog have been sent to me in review. And a lot of times I don't read historical fiction. It's just it's a genre that isn't a favorite of mine, but something about this one really called to me. It's called Red Letter Days. It's by Sarah Jane Stratford, and it's set in the 1950s. And so I looked at it, and you can tell from the cover that it's, you know, it's a historical novel, and obviously reading the the blurb, it's set in the 1950s. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a try and see what I think. I haven't written my review yet, and I don't think it's going to be a five-star review, which means the book is an absolute favorite of mine, but I'm still going to rate it highly, and I think if you do love historical fiction, you might really, really get on with this one, but the beginning starts a little bit slow for me, but it definitely does pick up, and I think it's really interesting learning about the past. That's the parts that I tend to like the most from historical fiction that I read is I feel like I've learned something from those books. And as we started to get towards the end, it really picked up for me and I really started to learn a lot. But it also made me feel, of course, made me feel a lot of different ways. And it's interesting because this is set uh, in the 50s and we go back and forth from New York and also uh, Paris and it's it's after the war and just hearing things that people had to go through thir- during that time and then reflect on what we're going through right now as a world and what we're having to give up to sacrifice and of course different times are going to mean different things and in, in the 1950s they didn't have technology to be able to communicate with one another uh, so obviously you can't you can compare it but At the same time, it's like kind of hard to really compare because it's just so different. But just hearing things like rationing sugar, that just makes you stop and think, wow, I had a lot of those moments while reading Red Letter Days. So um, from the blurb, it says, when two brave women flee from the communist Red Scare, they soon discover that that no future is free from the past. So we follow Phoebe and also Hannah. Phoebe is a writer. Hannah is a television producer. Uh, and we followed their story of friendship, of romantic lives, of uh, even just being a woman trying to be successful in that time. That's always really interesting for me to read because... Even then, it was expected that you're a wife and a mother, Uh, so especially for Hannah to be so successful, uh, a lot of men are not impressed by that. So there's definitely so many factors of this novel that just made me stop and think, uh, made me stop and appreciate the world that I live in today, that I don't go through some of the struggles these characters did. But overall, I definitely found it to be just such an interesting read. Again, it wasn't an absolute favorite of mine, but I really did still want to recommend it because I think a lot, again, if you love historical fiction or if it just sounds interesting to you, I think that you'll take a lot away from it. And I think it'll make you think and it'll make you feel for sure. So I wanted to recommend Red Letter Days by Sarah Jane Stratford, and I will also have that linked in the show notes. But that is where I'm going to wrap up this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the chat about being an empath, about how I am making it through a global pandemic as an empath, and uh, the word of the week and also the book of the week. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to rate and review, subscribe, all those great things that you can do with a podcast if you want to share it. If you know an empath or just someone who would find this information helpful that I shared this week, uh, I hope that you will share this episode that will help me out so much as well. And I'd be very grateful. But until next week, I will talk to you guys later.